For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's go with the... What should the hotline be today? Which sponsor? Hey, what's up, Jack? Hey, friends. How's it going? <laughs> Look at Jack. Styling. Styling. Thank you. Thank you. Like that. Appreciate it. Hey, Glover. What is up? Muted. Hey, Hi man. There. How's it going? All right. How y'all doing? Hi, I'm Brett. That's Katie. Nice to meet you. And that's Ryan. Nice meeting you. What's up, Ryan? Oh, man. You guys sound great. Yeah, you do. Wow. Oh, thank you. You guys as well. Coming through great. Um, so thanks for doing this, guys. Appreciate your time. Um, I'm not sure, Jack or Glover, do you guys, are you guys going to use this on your show as well? Or um, uh, If we could, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. If you could send me the, you, uh, don't need the video because that goes to Believe anyways. So if you could just send me the audio after, that would be really appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no you problem. got it. You got it. My, uh, the reason I ask is just if you want to also do like an intro and outro or anything like that, or if you just want to do it afterwards, you know. It's okay. all up, up to you, whatever, however you want to do that. I figure we'll just talk about this upcoming matchup between the Sea Chickens and the Lions. Yeah, uh, right, sorry, Seahawks and the Lions. <laughs> That's your fantasy league game. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, yeah, get you out of here. Um, I was just saying to Katie, though, so wait, do you want to do... Let's do Fit My Foot hotline? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Okay, cool. All right, guys. Okay, I'm going to turn my video off, but Jack, I, I love yeah. your Get costume. Out of here. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> it uh, started with, like, I, I use, it on, use it on other shows, but I accidentally appeared on Believe with this on. I forgot to take it off on draft night. And they're like, no, you got to keep that for, forever now. You got to keep the Pit Vipers on. So, okay. Also, Katie called it a costume, which I think is sort of a put down. I, this is how my man rolls. This is not like a one time, you know, the costume implies some sort of silliness. This is how Jack goes to the grocery you're store. Right, this is not silly. It, you're, you're honestly not wrong, <laughs> which is the funny part. Not always the button up shirt, but uh, the pit vipers, yes. I love it. All right, here we go. <laughs> Hey, joining us on the Fit My Foot Hotline. How about that, Katie? The Fit My Foot Hotline. It's uh, Glover Quinn and Jack Cavanaugh from Believe in Lions. What's up, guys? Not much, man. How you doing? Oh, we're hanging in there. What's up, Jack? Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for have us, having us on the show. Pleasure to be here. 
pleasure to chat on air. We've chatted in the past in meetings and such, but nice to finally get this one out in public. Clover, what's with your man Jack here? Is it too bright in his house or what's going on? <laughs> man, he's just super cool, man. From the first time, the first time we jumped on the pod and I actually saw him for the first time, I'm like, wow, this guy's got sunglasses. Oh, this is actually <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and he wears them every single time. So I haven't seen. Matter of fact, no, I think he took them off after the show last time. He took him off and wiped his eyes. It's the first time I've seen his face. So, um, <laughs> man's got I didn't realize swag. that. I thought you'd seen the eyes before the big, beautiful blue eyes that uh, are brought out by the Calvin Johnson jersey. I mean, almost. Oh, there's his eyes. Wow. That's an internet exclusive, everybody. <laughs> almost as much swagger as when Glover was playing, Jack. It looks nice. Almost, almost. but not quite. Yeah. Not I don't quite. think I'm ever going to get to that level, though. <laughs> hey, it's Glover, possible, Jack. Glover, let me ask you, man. Let's start with you, former player. I mean, let's break this thing down. Seahawks at Lions this weekend. What has you nervous about the Seahawks, if anything? Uh, what has me nervous about the Seahawks? I can't really say anything from the Seahawks other than mm. maybe DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett, given that we just lost Tracy Walker for the year with a with a – Achilles injury, mm. but I'm more concerned with the lines with DeAndre Swift, you know, possibly sitting out for the next two weeks and the health of Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't know how explosive that offense can be without those two guys. So that's the one thing that I'm worried about going into this weekend. Yeah. Well, I mean, Glover's a former player, Jack, so they don't get too, you know, nervous or flustered about anything. But you as a fan, Jack, is there anything at all that has you nervous about my Seattle Seahawks? Well, first, I am worried that we are going to be without Swift and DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown. Neither of them practiced today, so that's worrisome. I'm also worried about the Lions letting last year's game impact them in this one because last year, everyone remembers DK Metcalf, three touchdowns. Now, the guy that was guarding him, Efiatu Melifonwu, he has moved to safety. He's no longer a corner, so that won't be a matchup, but... Three touchdowns to DK Metcalf. You can't have that. And the other thing, Rashad Penny went for 170 in that game. Now, the Lions defense has improved. 6.8 yards per carry, though. You can't let that happen. So that is what worries me is letting the mistakes of the past come back to bite us. Well, I've got some good news for the two of you then because DK, I mean, he had a good game last weekend, one TD, but they're not really going down the field with him. And then also for Rashad Penny, a lot of people in Seattle want him to get more carries. So both the things that you guys are worried about are the things that we want to see in Seattle. Well, I don't know if that's good news for us because I mean that they're going to try to do that this game, right? They're going to try <laughs> well, to push true. the ball to DK Metcalf. They're looking you. at this as this is a game that probably can get him going, right? Mm-hmm. Get Geno Smith pushing the ball down the field, you know, losing a safety. How do they feel about the lines? Do they respect the line secondary? Or do they say DK is just a bigger, better, faster, stronger guy, and we're going to give him opportunities and they put a couple balls in the air. So from the line standpoint, they got to be ready to make plays on that. There's going to be opportunities out there, man. That's what you want. You want the quarterback to put the ball up in the air. And from the running game, I mean, I think the Lions defense has been pretty solid for the most part this year against the run. I mean, Dalvin Cook was on his way to 100 yards last game. But I think for the most part, they've been okay. I think they can slow uh, Penny down. And the thing about offenses in the run game and all these different things, it all depends on the flow of the game. 
So without Amon Ross St. Brown and without uh, DeAndre Swift, can the offense of the Detroit Lions put up enough points to put pressure on Seattle to get rid of the run game? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if they keep it close so they control the game, they're going to feed it to those guys the entire game. And at some point, you got to think they're going to break one or two. You guys kind of just get tired. So it kind of goes both ways. Can the offense or the Lions take the Seattle Seahawks out of their run game? Yeah. Well, the thing that has us nervous up here in Seahawk land is our defense. I mean, we gave up, I think, uh, let's see, checking the numbers, one million yards to Cordero (laughs) Patterson last week, who is only a new running back for, like, what, the last two years only. But, I mean, he he was running up and down the field. You guys are talking about it. Swift is going to be out. But who's backing him up that we should be nervous about? Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is the two. He's been mm-hmm. more of a 1B so far this season. He gets all of the short yardage, all of the goal line touches. And throughout his career, it was, was interesting. I saw this tweet from Eric Moody over on ESPN. And throughout his career, he has had over 15 touches 20 times, and he averages 96 yards from scrimmage in those games. So Jamal Williams is fine when asked to be the lead back. It just never happens because he's been behind Aaron Jones. He's been behind DeAndre Swift. So Lions run game will be fine. We still have that bullying offensive line. Question for Glover, though, with DK on the opposite sideline, how are you covering him? Because last week they went – with the hardcore bracket of Justin Jefferson, and it bit them in the end when they were giving up plays to uh, KJ Osborne. Can't do that because Tyler Lockett's on the other side. So right. what are you looking at here? Well, I, I don't think they'll have to play DK Metcalf the way they played Justin Jefferson. You know, I haven't studied the, the Seahawks offense intensively, but from what I can remember or what I see, DK doesn't do a lot of cross the ball stuff. He's a lot of down the field comebacks. He generally he generally stays on one side of the or the other. Justin Jefferson, he's going across the field, crossing routes, all these different things. So putting a bracket on him helps him. With DK, you want somebody that can get on him. So I can see them going some two man this game, having a corner walked up in his face, getting physical with him with just some safety help over the top. That way you can be aggressive on slants and comeback routes and and anything that he's trying to run to the outside. And if you try to go up top, you got a safety over the top with you uh, covering underneath. Should be able to take DK out of his game in the, in that way. But I, I don't think they can live. You know, Jeff Okuda has been playing great. You know, money hasn't been as great this year so far. But Jeff has been playing great. I don't think you can just single him up for an entire game and expect him not to make plays given that. They're hearing it from the fans in Seattle that they want to get the ball down the field to DK, get him going. So I can see them trying to get that going on the road in mm-hmm. Detroit. Well, the, my take on DK is, of course, he's a you know, freak of an athlete. Like The guy is just an absolute beast out there. And it, all the talent, all of that kind of stuff. But sometimes what we see here in Seattle is him getting taken out of his game a little bit when it becomes sort of a one-on-one thing with him and whoever he's guarding. He's really trying to get physical with him. Sometimes he really is trying to stiff arm, and that opens him up to fumbling sometimes when he's trying to get those extra yards. I mean, Glover... Talk to us about how you as a defender or you on the other side of the ball kind of play those head games with these guys sometimes. And 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 have you seen that work in the past? And and do you know what I'm talking about with DK? 
Well, yeah, that's but that's what you get from watching the game. That's what you get from being a fan of the game. When I played, I was a fan of the game. So I didn't just watch the film that they give us. I watched the game on TV. I want to hear what the announcers are saying. I want to hear what they're saying. They've interviewed people in the building, other players, and they're talking about the game. And you also just want to see the guys play the game, see them on the sidelines, see them interact. You want to see all these different things. And you can clearly see DK definitely does get into that one-on-one matchup. Why? Because he's been big time. He's been DK Metcalf, right? So these guys go out there on that field and they know that the lights are on. They know that when they come back to their phone, their Twitter is blowing up either way. Either they did good or they did bad, and their mm. Twitter is blowing up. Their Instagram is blowing up. The media is blowing up. So these guys have a reputation that they want to uphold. So when he's not getting involved, he's going to get upset. He's going to get frustrated. Why? Because he's DK Metcalf. On the other hand, when he's balling, he's getting targets, he's having a great game, he's going to be this exciting guy. So as a player going into that, hey, I want to get physical with him. I want to rough him up. Mm -hmm. I want to do that because I know he'll get into that type of game with us. And if they can't get him the ball, he's going to get frustrated. And then that negative energy can feed into the whole sidelines. And every now and then we can get him trying to be over aggressive and give us a ball from a fumble or something like that. So as a player, I'm I'm, I'm going into the game with that type of mentality. It's going to be physical. It's going to be, you know, tough game, all game. I know that. I got safety help over the top, so I'm getting hands-on. I'm being physical with him on any and everything underneath. When are guys checking their phones? Is it halftime? I didn't check my phone until after the game. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the rules now. They may come in and check their phones at halftime, but I didn't check mine until after the game when I uh, had got out the shower. I always came in, got undressed. I was almost the first one in the locker room every time. Maybe the second depends on, you know, who who we were playing um, but I always come in, get undressed. I try to be done, had a shower by the time the coach come in to talk because if you got to wait, now it's a log jam to get in the shower, right? <laughs> so I'm trying to get in. <laughs> I'm trying to get in. Let me get showered before coach get even starts stuff. talking. Yeah, I got so you. So then when coach starts stops talking, everybody go get in the shower. I can get dressed. I talk to the media, and then I'm out of there. It's funny because uh, on this very episode, we have Steve Rabel, the legendary voice of the Seahawks, and he talked about that in his playing days at halftime, some guys would uh, you know smoke a cigarette. Smoke it's cigarettes 20, and stuff back 2022, then. 2022, guys are checking Twitter. It's just different times, Katie. You know. That's all. Um, of course, we're traveling to Detroit, which was the site of our uh, first Super Bowl that the Seahawks went into. We had to play against two different teams in that game, the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> and the referees. So playing in Detroit is not necessarily every Seahawk fans um, on every Seahawk fans wish list or anything. But we hope there's a good game with you guys this weekend. Uh, the Detroit Lions also, guys darlings of the NFL because of hard knocks and everything. And I think the whole country is just enamored with your coach and his sort of spirit and attitude and everything that he's been bringing to the team. And how do you guys think it's been playing out this year so far for you guys? Well, Glover actually got to see it live and in person. He, you you didn't end up making it on screen for hard knocks, did you? But you were there while they were filming, weren't you? Yeah. Right. Yes. What's what's that process like when the cameras are there? I, I mean, it's got to be a little different than a normal training camp. Well, I mean, you know, for the, for the player standpoint, and, and everybody can say that they try not to, and this and this. And I think you see it each and every week, right? You get guys who just play normal, and then all of a sudden they come up and they say, hey, we're going to wire you this week. 
So next thing you know, now they're talking more than they ever would talk, right? <laughs> so it's just kind of a natural thing, right? When the cameras are on you, you know the mic's there, you know all this stuff is going on, right? But for the most part, they try to, you know, have a normal training camp. This is what it is. Um, but the cameras are there, they're everywhere, you know what I'm saying? On the side. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I line there on the field. They, I mean, they're everywhere. They're in the sky, wow. in the rafters, you know, in the meeting rooms. They're everywhere, right? So it's a it's a huge production, and you really get to see a lot of the personality of the players, the personality of the coaches. Get to see what goes on, and you're right. People fell in love with Coach Campbell, mm-hmm. with the Lions. You know his the way he do things, all these things, and I've been saying it ever since Hard Knock started. I think, right, Jack? All that stuff is fine, but you still have to win games. Yeah, you could be the nicest. I mean, there's a lot of people that love Jim Caldwell as a nice guy. He got fired, right? Mm-hmm. So you still have to win games. It helps when everybody loves you. It helps when your players respect you. It helps when you have all those things working on your in your favor. But you still got to win ball games. And to not win that last ball game that they played in Minnesota, they're not saying they would have won had he went for it on fourth down. But to not go for it on that fourth down in that situation when you've been going for it all game, and to lose that game, those type of things hurt you. And if it continues to happen, then it's kind of like, oh, 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 he's a nice guy. But, mm-hmm. right, so, yes, darlings, love him, love what they got going. They just got to find ways to win games. Well, let's talk about some a linebacker before we get you guys out of here because our co-host, Lofa Tatupu, legendary linebacker for the Seahawks, you guys got Rodrigo up there, speaking of a darling from Hard Knocks. I mean, how's he been playing this year, and is he someone we should be looking for in this game, especially when it comes to stopping the run? He's been all over the field, not as much against the Vikings. Glover and I were talking about how we were kind of disappointed against Minnesota. We really didn't hear his name or Aiden Hutchinson called as much as in the past two games, but he's been flying over all over the field. PFF for what it's worth is grading him. Well, Mm -hmm. we know we all saw the highlight of him hip tossing Jason Kelsey, one of the best centers in the league. So he does have room to improve. He does have a lot of growth to happen, but for the sixth rounder rounder to be playing this well this early, it is exciting. Hope that you're getting the same return from Jordan Brooks at the Mike linebacker replacing Wagner. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think uh, we Glover freeze. Oh no, he's there. Glover, can I get a quick word from you uh, about Rodrigo's game and then also Aiden Hutchison as well, the, the top draft pick. Well, Rodrigo has been playing well. He's been flying around. You can see it all over the place. Yes, he's still young. He's a rookie. He's going to make some mistakes. But you like his energy. You like his hunger. You like the way he plays the game, right? And sometimes you have that when you're a six-round draft pick. You got a little chip on your shoulder because you know you can play. Everybody feels like they should have been drafted two to three rounds higher than they got drafted. So if he got drafted in the six, he probably felt like he was a fourth-rounder or a third-rounder. But he's happy he didn't go undrafted. But he got a chip 
chip on his shoulder. And that's the way he's playing. He's happy to be there. Aiden Hutchinson is a homegrown kid, right? He yeah. grew up 25 miles from the, the Ford field. So he's happy to be there as well. So they got two good rookies that are happy to be there. They're hungry. They want to play, but they're still rookies. And a lot of times we want to put those high expectations on it because they have that ability, but they're still going to be rookies. They're going to have games where they play great. They're going to have games where they don't play as great. They're going to have games where they make little rookie mistakes. They're going to have games where they make human mistakes. Just is what it is, right? So I like what I've seen from those guys. It's just, you know, with Aiden, we didn't see it week one. We left the podcast saying, man, I didn't hear his name called enough. He comes back week two three sacks in the first half, right? Then you come back week three, and it's like, ah, I didn't hear his name called enough, right? So he's those guys are the young energy on that team. So when those guys are going, when, you know, I, I saw something, they were calling them Starsky and Hutch, right? When those guys are going, and they're <laughs> out there It must be the mustache on Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> they're out there flying around, man. They're fun to watch, and it gets everybody else going on that defense. So we need those two guys to always have some type of impact on the game. Both of them can't have a full game where they're quiet. Well, speaking of looking like you could play, Glover, you look like you're staying in shape. If that team gets a little thin, you're going to put on one of those helmets behind you and get back in there? Hey, I might have to. I might have to, you know, give me a call. I work out three days a week, so. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, Hell yeah. We, we kind of, we could use it with, with uh, Tracy Walker going down, all the adjustments back there. One question I do have for Glover, though, is with the failed field goal, the non-fourth down, are we going to see Dan Campbell coaching any differently against the Seahawks on Sunday, or are we still just going to see the aggression up until the final moments? Is that going to be the only change? What does that do for the team? Because I'm curious. Well, you know, me personally, I I don't want one decision. It's kind of like a player, right? You don't want one play to affect the next play, right? You kind of want to forget it, move on, and stay within yourself. You want to learn from it, though, right? So that's kind of what I want to see from Coach Campbell. I want you to be you. Don't change and feel like you have to do this because of what happened last week. Go how you coach, Mm -hmm. your personality, but have a flow for the game. Have a feel for the game. If my offense isn't clicking today and we're barely getting by, I may need to kick that field goal. But if we've been going for it on fourth down all day and we're four for six, percentages are in our favor. At this point in the game, I mean, we already missed one field goal, right? That's why we started going for it on fourth down. We missed one. And I don't know how much confidence they have in the kicker, especially from long, long distances. So let let the game dictate how you handle some of those situations. But you got to be you. If you're going to be an aggressive guy, then you got to be an aggressive guy because that's what people expect, right? I tell players, I used to tell young players and players all the time, be who you are, right? If you came in out of college and you was a tackling machine, don't come to the NFL and not want to tackle anymore, right? Because we didn't draft you to cover. We didn't draft you to, you know, do anything other than be a tackling machine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We drafted you to be a big-time hard-nosed runner. We drafted you to be this guy. So we want you to be that guy. Now, if you give us more, that obviously helps us, right? But you can't give us less than what we 
drafted you for. So, Coach Campbell, they brought you here to be this guy. If you're aggressive, be aggressive. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some. But not being aggressive, you're going to win some, and you're going to lose some as well. So you might as well just be who you are and let the fans live with it. Let me ask you guys, uh, since, you know, you're you, – well, hold on, let me set that up again. Well, since you guys aren't here in Seattle, and we are here in Seattle, we're a bunch of homers, let me ask you guys, uh, what, from a sort of national perspective, or, or especially from a perspective there in Detroit, what, what's everybody thinking about this year's version of the Seahawks? Well, I know I can speak for myself, you know, and, and I say this a lot of time with the Detroit Lions because sometimes when you're in your bubble, you're in your state, you're in your community, you may feel differently about your team. But from a national, a national perspective, it could be totally different, right? We felt I felt that way about the Detroit Lions. And I'm going to say this about the Seattle Seahawks. I feel, me personally, I feel like they're not that team but they're living off of the old reputation of being Seattle. They don't have Russell Wilson anymore. So their offense isn't doesn't get the same respect. Yeah, they still have DK Metcalf. They still have Tyler Lockett. They're still Seattle. But people don't fear or feel that way about Geno Smith, right? You t- if they had Russell Wilson on this team, they'd probably have been looking at this team as a playoff contender, you know, Super Bowl contender. But he's not. And now we don't even think they're probably going to make the playoffs. This is just national. But you look at their defense. They had so many great years with Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor and Richard Mm -hmm. Sherman and Bobby Wagner and all those guys rushing the passer and Legion of Boom and all that stuff. And they're still trying to live off that reputation. But they just don't have those guys anymore. They're just not there and so we always we're sitting back waiting. Oh, to see how the D Hawk see to see how the defense is gonna make a play. They're gonna do oh, they're gonna they, but they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not. Yeah. yeah. So we we have to accept them for who they are right now. Not for what they've been in the past and this and this and that, but who they are right now. And right now they're just not that team. Well, I think that's what we're all looking for here is 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 you know they're 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 not the team from the past. It's different players, it's different guys. And what we're looking for is for this new group and these guys and this team this year to establish who they are and show us their identity. And I mean, but but it's easy for us as fans and you know idiots with microphones in front of our faces. I'm talking about Jack and I, uh, Glover, <laughs> not you, um, to sort of say that and say, hey, this team needs to get an identity or establish an identity. But as a player, I mean, where does that come from? Does it come from the players? Does it come from the coach? We need someone to step up here and establish it. But this is the thing. The coaches didn't change, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The players changed. So these organizations, this is what they do, Right. They have body types, and they just try to replace the bodies. They're going to be them. Their system is going to be their system, their play calls. This is what they like to do. They just try to replace the bodies, right? You look at it from a defensive standpoint. They love Cam Chancellor. We lose him. Who do we get? Jamal Adams. We love Earl Thomas. We lose him. Who do we get? Quandre Diggs. We love Richard Sherman. We lose him. Who do we get? Shaquille Griffin, or whatever his name was. Yeah, Shaquille Griffin, and now on to Tariq Woolen. We love this guy. Who do we get? That guy, right? You look at all over the – you look at New England, right? We love – you can go all the way back to Wes Welker, right? You can go back – who was the guy – it was the one before him probably. 
right? But we love him. We lose him. Who do we get? Julian Edelman. Then they just you just try to get bodies to fit what you want to to be, right? So defensively, they're trying to do the same things that they done with the Legion of Boom. Those guys just aren't the Legion of Boom. Offensively, they're trying to do the same things. They they love the running game. Geno Smith is not Russell Wilson. He's just not. So the things that you did with Russell, Geno is not going to excel at that. You have to do what Geno is good at. That's why you always have this mix-up because a lot of those players might have fit with that scheme or with that person or that player because they had that vibe, right? DK and Gino, they might be on two totally different wavelengths just because of their play style and their game style. And so it takes a while for them to gel and get on the same page because in OTAs, everybody's just kind of like kind of chilling. It's a very, uh, we, you know, you have quarterback controversy. You don't know who's going to be the starter to preseason. Well, these guys aren't practicing like that in training camp anymore. They're not playing in the preseason to get those reps. So, I mean, you always got to say it's going to take five or six weeks during the season for these new groups to jail. So I think it'll be a while before we see exactly who this Seattle team will be this year with Geno as the lead. Unfortunately, you guys may be one in five or one in six by the time we figure that out. Oh, I hope not. I hope not. Um, <laughs> uh, um, I'm just playing. I'm no, you're, just good. Playing. you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're uh, good. Let me transition. Um, I got to get you guys prediction for the game. We do a score prediction challenge on our podcast brought to you by our partners at Simply Seattle. Go to shop.simplyseattle.com. Use our promo code TAKE12 for 12% off of all of your ordering uh, at Simply Seattle. It's the Northwest premier clothing outfitter for all of your pro sports teams and all kinds of things for the PNW, hoodies, sweatshirts, hats, all kinds of stuff. Take 12% off with the Take 12 promo code. Guys, what are your score predictions for this game? How's it going to turn out? For me, I think it's going to be close to start and then the Lions are going to come away with it at the end. So, Last week was the first time the Lions didn't score over 30 points. I think they're going to get there on Sunday. We saw the Falcons put up numbers. I think the Lions can do even better. So 31 for the Lions. Seahawks going to come in with 23 points. They're going to hang with with the Lions for most of the game. But late third quarter, fourth quarter, Detroit is going to pull away. And this time, they're not going to let their foot off the gas. They are not going to kick in opportune field goals and they are going to close it out. I hope you're as wrong as wearing sunglasses inside. Grover? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a little on the fence right now. You know, I'm still, I'm still having a hard time trying to, to get this one because I love the Lions fans. I love Fort Field. They're going to be rocking. I understand that. The thing that scares me, like I said, is without Amon Ross St. Brown and without DeAndre Swift, I don't know if they can score 30 points. So that worries me. Without Tracy Walker in the back end, that worries me. So I got to give two. I got to give two. Uh Uh-oh. If Amon Ross St. Brown is playing, I think think DeAndre Swift is already out, right? Somewhere he's, he's out for two weeks or so. 
I, I trust Jamal. If Amon is playing, I'm going to give the Lions the win. 24 to 10. Uh. Well, no, not 10. 24-17. Okay, that's a little better. I'll take that. 24-17. But if Amon is not playing, then I think it would be flipped. I think Seattle will get the win 24-17. Okay. All right. That's about what I was going to go. I mean, Seattle put up points last week, which we were all excited to see. I... I think we can put up points again, but it's not going to be, you know, 40 or so. I think Seattle goes 28, and then it's always a weird score for some reason with the Seahawks. So give me the Detroit Lions at 25. I think we're going to squeak this one out and hopefully get 25. right. What, are you get a safety? <laughs> hey, did you see that Denver Broncos score last week? All I things did. are possible, Glover. Uh, thank you guys for joining the show. Really appreciate your time. Um, tell us and tell our listeners where they can find you guys. You can find me everywhere at Javanaugh87, Twitter, Instagram, The Works. You can find both of us at Believe in Lions, the podcast on all the streaming platforms. And you can find Glover a bunch of places on Instagram, Twitter. He's got he's got a lot going on, a lot of cool projects. <laughs> <laughs> Just start searching. You'll find him. Thanks a lot, guys. Enjoy the game this weekend. All right. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, guys. Uh, Glover, I'm so sorry. I think I said Grover once. I'm really sorry. I apologize, man. It's all good, man. You were caught up in the excitement I of was. the podcast and excitement of the show. So I get it, man. I'm sorry. Uh, Katie, yeah, thank you so much for setting this up. And um, yeah, we'll send you over the uncut uh, thing, Jack, and you can save me from some of my stumblings, hopefully. And uh, yeah, we'll put that on this episode of ours, which comes out on Thursday. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for your time. Really yeah. uh, enjoyed working with you. Appreciate yeah. you guys. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the game. Go Hawks. Ah. <laughs> All righty. See you. Take care. Cool. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.